0: Have you ever found yourself doing something, and you're doing it over and over and over again, but you're really just not getting the results that you're looking for? Your wheels are spinning, you're trying things, but you're just not actually hitting the target. Today, on this episode, we're going to be talking about the need to actually pivot. How do you do that? When do you do that? And how do you do it in a way that's going to get you the results that you want? Stay tuned. Let's hit it. And remember, quoting is for the weak. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Hello there, Permission Nation. My name is Charles Specht. I am the host of the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast, and it is great to be with you today. It's been um, a bit. It's been a couple of weeks. I've been busy. We've moved into a new house, Permission HQ Headquarters, has actually moved. We are now here in Brentwood, Tennessee, a little bit south of Nashville, hanging out with all the country music fans and stars that are out here and just having an absolute blast. Uh, I don't know if you've ever actually been out to Tennessee, but it's gorgeous. Lots of hills, lots of green. It's really nice, and um, it is actually um, a completely different experience than California, where I come from. There are pros and cons to both, but absolutely happy that we're here. Happy that even Permission HQ now has new headquarters. So, today we're going to be talking about something that a lot of you might actually be dealing with right now, here in the moment. And that is the need to stop doing what you're doing and start doing something else. Are any of you there actually listening to me? Am I speaking to anybody here? I assume I'm probably speaking to a lot of you. A lot of you are probably dealing with some of the same issues where you're trying different things and you're not getting the results that you want. You've been trying various things, you've been listening to different people, you've been trying this, trying that, and you know what? It's just not working. That's okay, because there is a a word that I want you to think about. It's a word that I speak to my clients about a lot, and it is a word that I tell them that that they need to have in their vocabulary to remember it and to be prepared to do it at any given moment. It is the word pivot. The word pivot means that you are simply making an adjustment from one direction to another. You um, ever think about the, the sport basketball? You know, basketball is probably one of the more exciting sports to actually watch. I mean, I love football. It probably is the most exciting for me, but basketball is very, uh, very fun to watch. I really don't like watching baseball. I played baseball through college. It is boring to watch, fun to play, boring to watch. But there's something about, about basketball, and it has to do with somebody who has the ball right? You have You have the ball and one foot has to be planted at any given time. And you can move around with the other foot and you can shake and bake and you can try and go one direction and another and you can pivot, if you will. You're dribbling down the court and you are going one direction and then you kind of fake people out and you go a different direction. You make a pivot and you simply go into a different direction. I want to talk to you today in regards to your prospecting about what you're doing and what you're saying and your branding, and I want to talk to you about the potential need that you have to pivot your efforts so that you can begin getting the results that you want. Don't you want to actually have positive results? I would suspect that you probably do. You want to actually achieve really good results. I mean, how else are you going to build a million dollar or more book of business unless you're actually achieving the results that you want to achieve and even far surpassing those results? But here's the issue, is that you can't stop doing something and start doing something else unless you first stop to consider I need you to kind of take a step back, okay? Come back with me. Wherever you're at right now, if you're driving, if you're on a jog, whatever it is, I don't know, go back and, uh, you know, right now at this moment, figure out what time this is in the podcast episode because this is a moment that is very important for you. I want you now to take a step back from your book of business and try and look at everything that you're doing from an outsider's perspective, You're too far into the weeds. You're too far into the trees to see the forest for what it is. I need you to step back and take a look at everything that you are doing 24 seven. When you're showing up to the office, how are you showing up? Are you showing up in uh, gym shorts? You know, maybe you're doing remote work and you're just not fully prepared and your mindset is not right in order to actually achieve the results that you want. You're just not in a professional frame of mind. Maybe you're showing up and you're not really getting into what you're supposed to be doing for about an hour, hour and a half. You're checking email, you're doing social media, you're talking to people around the water cooler, whatever it is, but you're just not focused. And then when it finally gets down to the point of doing prospecting, you start looking around at all the other things that you really need to get done and you say, you know what? I'll, I'll put off prospecting today. I'll try and get to it tomorrow because I, I gotta do those apps. I, I gotta a- address those issues that the, the underwriter has, answer those questions. I, I need to actually contact this person. I, I need to go over here. Is it, look, you need to step back and take a look at what you're doing and ask yourself, is what I'm doing getting me the results that I want or am I being a fool? We have to actually look at the need to pivot. Now, in regards to the typical scenario in which I tell my clients that they need to pivot, or at least remember the word pivot so that we might have to do it as we're starting to go through this process, it really starts down at the very beginning of the building process, which I always talk about determining your most profitable micro niche. Your micro niche is the foundation of everything else that you do. The foundation is your micro niche, and that is the type of account that you prospect, your ideal customer. That is the specific industry that you're going after, the size of the account, what are the the pains that they're dealing with on a regular basis. That is the foundation. Everything is built upon that foundation of the micro niche. All of your scripting, all of the branding that you have out there on social media, what you're saying in networking events, whether you do a podcast or not, everything is built on the micro niche. And so when I'm working with clients on trying to figure out what is the most profitable micro niche for them, we go through a series of exercises. It usually takes a couple of weeks to really try and figure out what works and what doesn't work for you in regards to your most profitable profitable micro-niche. Normally, as we go through the process, we're going to have probably anywhere from one to about five different potential micro-niches that we can really choose from going forward. It's a long, drawn-out process, and we start going through and we start brainstorming and looking at all these options and potentials. We begin to whittle it down as we start to answer a lot of questions that I work through in regards to figuring out your micro niche. But we come down with usually one, three, four, five different potential micro niches, and there's one or two that really sort of stick out at the top, and we're trying to figure out, okay, if we go after that one, what do we do next? So normally then, when we finally get to a point where we say, this is the one we're going to focus on initially. I always tell my clients at that moment saying, we're going to give this thing now, 30 days going forward. We're going to hit it hard. We're going to prospect. We're going to send out emails. We're going to be on social media. We're going to be doing walk-in visits. We're going to be doing a lot of cold calling. We're going to be doing prospecting like mad. And we're going to be hitting it for 30 days, trying to figure out what's working, what doesn't work, and see if we're getting the results that we want. And if we don't, we can pivot to one of the others. Wouldn't it be rather stupid just to continue doing something over and 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 over for months and months, if not years and years and years and just really not get very good results from it? Do you know that what I've just done is absolutely defined the insurance industry over the last 20, 30, 100 years, just kind of doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, but really not getting the best results that we could have? Uh, are we doing something? Let me ask you, are you doing something? Is your agency doing something? And it's you're doing it because that's the way that it's always been done. Are Are you not providing certain services because you haven't provided those in the past? Are you not changing the way that your agency handles the servicing model because that's not how we've done it in the past? Are you unwilling to switch what your producers do or don't do from a servicing standpoint because that's not how we've done it in the past? Let me just tell you, I was working with a very large agency over the last three years And I was hired initially by them as a contract chief sales officer, began to work with a number of their producers and a lot of different things. They had producers that were around um, a few different offices. One of the things that I talked to leadership uh, often, and a couple of the leaders got it, a number of the leaders couldn't care less. And some of the leaders who actually made the decisions were really just thinking in the past, that's not how we've always done it, Charles. Well, I get that's not how you've always done it, but you can't accelerate and get to the next level unless you're willing to make a switch. And here's what they were doing is they were having the producers do a lot of the service and data entry and the management of all of these types of services that were going to be issued. And even during the year, the producers could go into the system and start processing endorsements and certificates and so forth. And my thought was, man, how much business has not been prospected and written by this agency over the course of a year just because the producers are spending so much time in the system. And so I have begged, I pleaded, get these producers out of the system. That's why we have service staff. That's why we have account managers and customer service people because they're just better at it than we are. That's their job. That's their job duty. That's their function. Why do we have those people if we're also going to allow the producers to be doing it over here? Frankly, if we really had the account managers actually do all of the servicing 100%, don't you think they would feel more confident, more qualified to actually do it? And if the producers got out of all of that servicing, how much additional time could they have? To actually go out and prospect. I was talking to one of the agents who he kind of had a sort of a medium-sized book of business. He was right around six, seven hundred thousand dollars. And I just began talking to him about his book of business and so forth. And he, you know, as, as he was talking to me about what his daily and weekly functions were that he was doing regularly, I, I just finally got around to asking. I said, Well, hold on a second. How much time on average per day do you think you're actually in the system just doing stuff in there? How long? And he said probably about uh, an hour to an hour and a half a day he's in the system doing stuff for current clients, as well as even somebody working on stuff. He's like putting together apps and he's doing data entry and all of that and i thought to myself wow let me just add this up an hour to hour and a half each day over the course of 5 days for a week and how many days is that per per month and and just wow It came out to something right around a month and a half of an entire year is spent ye by you in the system. How much money did you lose out of your own pocket? How much money did you forfeit out of your own pocket because you choose to be in the system typing away, doing stuff that somebody else is getting paid a salary for? Why? Why is that happening? And frankly, this was just not this wasn't just one person, this was multiple producers. Dozens of producers, frankly, at this larger agency, it's the top 100 by size, okay, again, worked with them for three years, Um, many producers doing this, and finally just said to leadership, said, look, if you want to increase significantly, we need to change the way the producers are actually doing their work. How much time is being wasted by the overall production staff? Even if it is close to give or take, a month of the entire production staff is spent in the system doing service. How much is that from a revenue standpoint? I began to estimate it that it is probably around five to hundred to seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year based upon what they have been. Um, selling on the course of an average year, five hundred to seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars of revenue on a monthly basis, just because we've always been doing it that way, Charles. But how about you? How about you in your agency? How about you in your own career, in your own book of business? What are you doing that you need to pivot? What are you? What have you been doing that just doesn't make sense? Why not try and, you know, utilize some of the technologies that are out there, these new sort of insure techs that have bounced forward here into today's uh, day where you can start utilizing some of those and cut down the time, make things a little bit easier, whatever. You know, you don't have to be so old school that you simply just disregard all of the tools that we have available to us today. But I also want to kind of put a TO, a a time, a pause on that. And let me just say this, that... um, a, a, an insurance salesperson who can't sell, when you give them more technology, all they do is just sell, sell poorly, just with more tech. That's all they do. Tech really doesn't help you to sell. There, that's completely different. You need to be able to persuade. You need to be able to ask for the business. You need to be able to prospect. You need to be able to do all of that. But someone who can't really sell tech just helps you fail in a different format, Right, But if you're actually able to do certain things in certain ways and you can help yourself by including technology into your entire process, then I would say it would probably make financial sense for you to actually do that. Certainly to begin brainstorming it. Certainly begin looking into it. And if nothing else, try some baby steps. Baby steps to the point of pivoting so that you're going to get the results that you want. But I'm just telling you. It really is amazing how poorly we are at deciding whether or not to actually pivot into something that's going to help us. Are you a local insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients? Look no further than Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Let me give you kind of another example, and I'm going to be probably talking about this in in an upcoming episode very soon. You know what? Sales is very near and dear to my heart. We talk about prospecting a lot. Uh, Because I speak to many different insurance agents, one of the questions that I usually ask them towards the beginning of my conversations with them every time is like, tell me what you've been doing for prospecting over this last week. How many calls have you made? How many new business emails have you sent out? How much time or messages or likes or comments did you put in in LinkedIn or any other social media platforms? How much direct mail? How many text messages? Whatever. How many walk-in visits? I want to know what you've been doing from a prospecting standpoint. Here's something that I hear more often than not. It's probably you as well. I will ask a producer, tell me, Mr., Miss., Mrs. Producer, how many total prospects do you have in your database? Total prospects you have in your database. And these are like, I would call workable prospects. Okay, if you tell me I've got like 14,000, I say, yeah, that, that, that is not acceptable. You're, you don't have 14,000. You might be able to send a, a drip campaign to 14,000, which, hey, thumbs up if that's what you've got, but you can't really work 14,000. Um, I want to know, like, how many you're actually able to work on an on a annual basis. Those are your prospects. Normally, I hear anywhere from 150 to 300, okay? And I would say probably the average is anywhere between, say, like 250 to 300,000 is what I hear. We'll just call it 300,000. Okay. 300,000, Charles, that's how many prospects I have in my database. Okay. Normally when I speak to them, like these prospects are in multiple different industries. Um, they, they may be x dated. They may not be x dated. Some of them haven't really had a conversation with anybody in a couple of years. So they're in there. They're just really not qualified accounts. And when I'll start talking to them, say, how many times, like, do you work this kind of stuff? And do you talk to them and so forth? And usually I'll hear something like, you know, my, my database, my list feels a little stale at this point. Like it, I'm, I'm kind of like talking to the same things. I'm talking to the same people, talking to the same businesses, and I'm just not really getting anywhere, you know, along the line of actually meeting with these people. And I would say, you know what, here's the thing. I want you to multiply that by whatever number to get to 1200. I want you to have 1200 prospects in your database, period. I mean, just you need to have 1,200, that's the number, that's the number, how many do you have? How many qualified prospects do you have in your database that you work and massage over the course of a full year? I say probably around 1,200, here's why. Now again, I just want to also be just clear, I'm not saying it has to be 1,200, it can be 1,000, it could be 900, it could be 1,800. The number really isn't the thing, but I do feel that you need to have more than you think is definitely necessary. Here's why. We, we work in the insurance business with about a 90-day window where insurance carriers, for example, will accept a submission for us and be able to secure the mark on our behalf. Okay. Insurance carriers will accept a submission on a piece of business typically about ninety, sometimes one hundred and twenty days before the renewal. But normally, you know, ninety days because frankly, most prospects aren't meeting with you one hundred and twenty days beforehand, let alone even ninety days. Um, I would probably talk to you maybe a little bit more around forty-five to sixty days, but that's we'll get to that here in just a moment. But here's the issue. Let's say, for example, that you had 1,200 prospects in your database that are x-dated. You've got 100 for January, 100 for February, 100 for March, 100 for April, and so forth. What you're going to be doing is you're going to be working on the 100 that are coming up now, the 100 that are coming up in the next month, and the 100 that are coming up a month from then. So basically, you're working a 90-day period. You're working three months at any given point. And if you've got 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100 then you're working 300 accounts in that 90-day period. Those 300 accounts, you're going to be making phone calls on regularly. You're going to be sending emails. You're going to be doing walk-in visits. You're going to be sending stuff in the mail. You're going to be working on those consistently. Every 30 days then that goes by, 100 falls off and a new 100 comes back on. And so then you're calling on that 300 that are in your window at that time. Another month goes by, which means then 100 fall off and another 100 come back on. So you're always working on 300 different accounts. And frankly, you can cold call 300 accounts over the course of a couple of weeks. You could. Absolutely, you could. Here's the thing. I'll ask people, like, how many cold calls have you made today? How many do you make on a weekly basis? Man, I'm telling you that the average insurance agent makes a significant, it's almost a, it's laughable, almost comical how many cold calls they make in a week. Just not many. I, maybe 20, 30. I mean, usually if I hear 50, I'm thinking, you're probably better than average, unfortunately. Um, but even if it was 50 and you're working on 300 accounts, that means 50 is one week, 100 is two weeks, 150 is you know, three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, okay, a month and a half, you could call through 300 accounts if, uh, if that's what you were doing, but frankly, in a week, okay, 50 in a week. That's not too difficult. Frankly, you could probably do 100 in a week if you were just knocking out 20 phone calls in a day. You could probably do 20 phone calls in a day. Um, last week, I was working with an insurance agent in Canada. He is a relatively new insurance agent to, to production, kind of nervous, kind of scared. And I said, look, next time we have our phone call, um, or our coaching call, you're going to bring me your list. We're going to go ahead and I'm going to call the counts on your list for a half an hour. You and I are just going to sit here. So he had his list. I had my phone. We dialed, ding, 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 ding. And we, I just I did his phone calls for him and let him listen and left a ton of messages, spoke to a few different people. In a half an hour, we did 15 cold calls, okay? I actually think it was like 17, but um, I just like broke it down so had, we did 15. 15 in a half an hour, okay? On average, that's just going to be 30. But I would normally say that you're probably going to knock out about 20 to 22 every hour because you're going to be speaking to some people. Hopefully, you're going to have some good conversations. You're going to set an appointment and so forth. So let's just call it 20, 20 in an hour. You're telling me you can't do 20 phone calls? You can't do an hour of prospecting? What if you just did it three hours in a week? Well, that should be at least 60. Look, if, if whatever you're doing right now isn't working, then pivot. Pivot. You must pivot. And so I just began talking to him that we need to actually have this database because you can't be calling on the same accounts, you know, Every couple of weeks, that just makes no sense. He had a, he had a list of just a a couple of hundred and I said, look, you're getting through those every couple of months and you can't just keep contacting them. You need to have your. A list where these are the accounts that are like your primary list, like you, these are your these are your sweet accounts. You get one of these say, sweet, that is a nice account, that is a big account. You're gonna have then your B list, which is stuff that is just on there because it is in your micro niche, it's of the size that you want, and so forth. And then there's your C list. This is a list of accounts that you want to work, they're just not in the buying window right now, they're just not coming up anytime soon. So you're gonna have those on an email drip campaign where they're gonna get an email from you once every month. They might read New seven months from now, that's okay. They're just not in the buying window yet. So shoot them an email once every month because you need to be top of mind. And there's going to be times in which problems happen on those accounts midterm. An agent moves from one agency to another. The agent retires, gets out of the business, gets a new agent assigned. It's not a good fit. Let me just tell you that just recently happened to one of my clients. Um, on the, on my constructive risk side, they just, you know, the agent who was there for a long time left, went to work on the wholesale side, brought in a different agent and just not a good fit necessarily. Um, so that happens. Um, there's going to be times where the agent passes away. So there's going to be a lot of different things that happens. There's going to be times where, you know what, the owner like was always doing business with his buddy, but now the kids are coming in and taking over the business, and they've got other thoughts. And so lots of things can happen. So we need to be top of mind, top of mind, top of mind. And when you're sending that email drip campaign, those emails will sometimes stay in their inbox until people are ready to actually meet with you. But here's the thing. you got to actually pivot to something that works. It doesn't make sense for you to continue down the same path doing something that works. Let me say it again. It does not make sense for you to keep doing something that doesn't get you results. That doesn't make any sense. That's foolish. What do you need to pivot? Maybe it's a lot of things. Maybe as you step back and begin looking at your overall process, you see, wow, I need to change that. I need to change that. I need to actually start implementing this over here. And how many of you right now don't have an email drip campaign? Wow, did I just step on a bunch of toes, right? How many of you right now here in the year 2022 still do not have an email drip campaign to your prospects? How many of you right now are really not utilizing social media for your prospecting? Wow, it's 2022. How many toes did I just step on? Right? Seriously, how many of us are really not even utilizing cold calling in the way that we should be, could be, ought to be? There's a lot of us that aren't doing it at all. This is a problem for you achieving the results that you want and building a $1 million or more book of business. It has to change. And so step back, take a look at each of the processes that you're doing in each area. When do you actually show up? What time do you get to the office? Um, How are you dressed if you're working from a remote basis? Let me just tell you, um, When when we first went to remote, it sure was easy just to show up at the house and, uh, you know, my workout shorts and, you know, some flip flops and stuff. But I also know that if that's exactly how I dress, I tend not to actually um, feel a bit more professional and like stick to what I'm doing. But if I if I kind of dress up a little bit, get ready, then I'm a little bit more in the mindset of actually doing what I need to do. So, there's a lot of things that you can do to set yourself up for success, and there's a lot of things that you can fail to do that are going to cause you to have failure. But you must pivot. When are you showing up? How are you dressed? at what time do you begin? Um, what are your minimum daily expectations for prospecting? Do you have an accountability aspect to your prospecting? Who do you have to show these numbers to? Um what are you saying? Who are you calling? What is your messaging? What does your email say? What is your cold call script? Um, do you have a text messaging um, plan to your prospecting? Are you doing walk-in visits? How about networking events? How about your COIs, your centers of influence, and how is your referral strategy in it? And taking a look at every aspect of your prospecting and say, that's working pretty good. That, I'm not really getting any results. This over here, I haven't done that in 14 years. Like, w- Just take a step back and realize, wow, I need to make some significant pivots in some of these areas in order to achieve the results that I want. And here's where I want to kind of leave this, because all of this right now costs you zero money. Costs you zero money to make a switch, if you will. Costs you zero money to take a step back and just begin to brainstorm. Costs you zero dollars to begin to pivot. Costs you ser- zero dollars to change your script. Costs you zero dollars to change your micro niche and what you're going after. These aren't things that cost money um, that, that have to come out of your pocket. But I can tell you, these are things that are costing you money because you need to pivot. But it is so hard to pivot. If you've been doing something for so long, you think that this is the right plan to do, this is is the right route, but you don't really realize that you are stuck in a rut. It's not a good path. You're in a rut. But it's very difficult to see that you're in a rut. While you're in the rut, you need to take a step back, begin to look around at the things that you need to pivot and make that change today. Now, lastly, when you start to do this, I would say begin making a list of all the things that you need to start focusing on. Then put them in a list of things that you feel are gonna give you the biggest bang for your buck, the biggest ROI by doing it right now. Put them in a list. This is the most ROI, second most ROI, third most ROI, fourth most ROI, and so forth. And then just go through it one at a time. Don't feel like you have to make 50 changes right off the bat. Make certain changes if it's not that big of a deal, no problem. But the larger the pivot, usually it's going to be even the greater ROI. I want you to make a change one at a time, make it really start to work, pivot it until the thing is really working, and then go to number two. And then really start to massage that, get it so that it's humming like it's supposed to, and then go to number three. And that's what you Really need to do in order to eventually begin building a process that is completely personalized for you. It is built upon your strengths as your as you're a personal salesperson. It is built upon the strengths of your agency, your carrier appointments, the micro niche you're going after, your geographic territory, the services you have available to your agency, and so forth. This really needs to be where you are focused. Make the pivot or suffer the consequence. But I know, Permission Nation, you who are listening, you are from a different cut of the cloth. You are a different breed. You are somebody who wants to build a $1 million or more book of business. And so I advise you, do that. Absolutely do that. My name is Charles Specht. I am the president and CEO of Permission Network, where I teach, train, coach, and mentor insurance agents on how to build a $1 million or more book of business. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast.